All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Spit of the One and Twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's Get a Dose. All right, and we are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. All right, so keeping it moving here. Um, so moving on, so that's my thought, and, and that's just really where I feel in regards to that particular organization with the Broncos. But we're going to move on because I, I want to get into college. But a couple other things that took place over the weekend or well, this week three in the NFL, I didn't get to. One, um, I'm not saying they did, uh, but I'm starting to – I wonder if the Detroit Lions kind of exposed Atlanta Falcons this Sunday. I, I watched a little bit of that game, and Detroit Lions just said – I don't know who their defensive coordinator is, um, but – he just said, you know what? We don't believe Ritter can sit there, and we don't really, y'all don't really threaten us too much in the passing game, so we just gonna blitz the hell out of him. They blitzed him, I don't know what the count is, but I would say they had to blitz him at least 40 to 50% time of the snaps. So it's one of those learning curves that Ritter has to go through. Now, Atlanta, because um, it came across my radio, they've got an interesting matchup. This is an interesting matchup in two, because I, I can kill two birds with one stone right now before we go to college, because I had this on the docket, too. Um, they play Jacksonville, I believe. Now, I know this is that London game, right? This is in Wembley Stadium or somewhere over in London, so this isn't a technically home-home game in the Mercedes-Benz Dome or, uh, you know, with Jacksonville. What do you got? Yeah, and it's a Toy Story game this week. Oh, my God. So they're going to have it animated. Yeah, you're probably excited for that, Jones. But I, 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 I am not. Oh, okay. I, I think, I don't know, like, the NFL is, look, man, they want in on everything. They're greedy as hell. They're already starting to market to the younger generation. I mean, you know, it's funny. Just a few years ago, we were having discussions. You think they're going to have problems since kids don't want to play football anymore, concussions? And now they're basically all in bed with Nickelodeon. And, and, and now they're this getting week. Go- it's next week. It's next, which one? Yeah, the, October 8th. Okay, but Atlanta and Jacksonville is this week, though, right? Atlanta and Jacksonville is this weekend, yeah. I believe, yeah, another 8.30 kickoff there. Okay, so this is an interesting game because I don't know what – I mean, outside of watching them week one, I don't know what's going on with Jacksonville. Um, You know, they're very fortunate not to be 0-3 because, what, they're 1-2, right? I think they're one and two. Yeah, Jags are yeah, one and two. They're very two fortunate. On one yeah, I you know, I kind of told AC, like, nah, man, I don't want to hear that. But the more she kept saying, like, hey, if the Colts would have had um what's my man's name? Zach Moss. Yeah, Zach Moss. If they would have had him week one, because the other running back fumbled twice. If they would have had him week one, they probably would have beat the Jaguars. I don't know. I got a lot of respect for Doug Peterson. I mean, we talked uh, fantasy world, professional world. Everybody talked about Calvin Ridley addition. I talked to Calvin Ridley. Not saying I haven't really looked at what his numbers yet and what Trevor's numbers are. And maybe, you know, if I – without – and I'll start paying attention. I'm definitely – I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'll probably be up. I'll be watching most of that game. But I'll definitely start paying attention more. But before I dive into it, if I had to sit there and just go – like Stevie Wonder into it, Stevie Wonder blind, I would say, you know what, the problem might be that the defense is getting exposed. Because you can't tell me it's for a lack of talent offensively. ETN, Kirk, Ridley, who else am I missing? I mean, come on. I, I mean, Trevor, I mean, Sunshine, 
and Lawrence. Again, they have Evan Ingram over there. Exactly. That was a big, important piece to bring back. So I would sit there without doing a dive. If I just go Stevie Wonder, I would say defense and probably maybe turnovers. Either in both sides. Either not creating turnovers on the defensive side of the ball. And they're probably maybe turning the ball maybe over so over. So, But the bottom line is Atlanta. I'm going to see if Doug Peterson in Jacksonville tries to attack Atlanta the same way that I saw Detroit attack them. So I wanted to put that out there. There you go. That's that. Um, other than also in week four, I mean, nothing really too to jump out crazy. I mean, Derek Carr, the Saints, um, you know, he's gone down. He kind of dodged a bullet. Um, I heard Ryan Clark on TV talking about who's had this shoulder injury, and Ryan Clark didn't play quarterback. Um, this is one of those that I doubt it very seriously that he's going to be playing this week or weeks to come. Now, the trickle-down effect to this is this is Jameis Winston's last opportunity to put good film out there and good tape. Uh, that's what I believe. Um, because they're so long that you can keep a job as a backup. I mean, it's good that he has a job. I mean, we've seen a guy, um, you know, in by the name of Cam Newton uh, that really couldn't even have a backup role in this NFL for a while. So he's blessed to still have a job. But the reality of it is, is that you got to eventually, when you get your opportunities, if you don't put good film out there, I don't care if you're a former number one overall pick or not, you're not even going to get backup roles. So this, this stretch, I'm thinking you're going to probably anticipate seeing Jameis Winston because uh, for everything I'm hearing, Adams of the world, they're reporting that Saints are going to be very cautious with this. So I'm thinking you're going to see Jameis for about at least two weeks to three uh, with the Saints. Now, I think the good thing about it, if you're a 504 fan, is that you play in the NFC. And you play in a division to where I think you, if Jameis can just play not turnover football. Now, his first game is going to be against his old team. I think they got Tampa Bay this week. Uh, you know, and honestly, if you ask me, I think Tampa Bay might jump back and bounce back, you know, against the Saints. It just depends on really because I don't really like what I saw out of Jameis for the most part. You know, Green Bay was able to come back, but let him give him a week of preparation and practice knowing he'd be the starter. But I think the, the worst thing that could happen to the Saints is losing Carr because uh, that really takes them down from Super Bowl aspects to like even the NFC to take. So Carr's got to get healthy, but I don't anticipate him being back. Um, one other thing that I wanted to make a note on, and we can move to college, but the other thing after week three that I've noticed, and I think I've alluded to this before, but there is that, you know, right now, Tua is the MVP through four weeks, in Calvin's opinion, in my opinion. Tua's having an effect. He arguably, this arguably could be one of the best offenses we've seen, uh, better than the, you know, um, Fastest show on turf, greatest show on turf, whatever you call them. He's also having an impact. So he's having an impact there. But he's also having an impact to where, look, man, I will just tell you message to all the team fan base out there. If you get a guy checked in the concussion protocol this season, he ain't coming out. He, if he gets in concussion protocol, he's missing a game. I don't think there's been one guy who's checked in concussion protocol. You can go check this, and I'm willing to bet you a dollar to a donut. There's not one guy that's checked in the protocol that's been cleared in the same week to play through three weeks of football. I think that tour injury, uh, that that game with Buffalo and the other game last year, that's that scared the hell out of the NFL and the doctors to the high heavens, and they dodged a bullet. 
And I believe right now those answers to the test are very hard to come by. Anthony Richardson is still in concussion protocol as of yesterday. Now, he's already missed one week. Jalen Waddell was in, didn't even practice with the team, didn't even, didn't even play, and he's in concussion protocol. My God, if he would have played, oh, my goodness. That could have been maybe 90. Yeah, you would have had, I don't know if he's still, you would have had somebody. If they put 90, so you might have had at that time uh, whoever. Okay. It wouldn't have probably been me here during the week. You would have probably had, uh, what's my man's name? I don't know. Fox guy, syndicated guy. Y'all would have been stuck with them at Waddle to play because that could have probably been a McDaniels couldn't even have stopped that. And you could tell they had the camera right on Vic. I'm like, damn, why don't you just stick it up his nose, man? Y'all have the camera shot of the D coordinator. Vic was out for blood, man. Vic, that whole team was just like, they took that person. I mean, McDaniels is a Denver, Colorado-born native, and they didn't even interview him for the job. Do you think that he had something? Do you? Yeah. And I have no problem with that. The same Pop Warner. I got to stop going back to that game. Let me move forward. Um... Yeah. You checking, Jonah? Have you found anybody yet that's checked in the concussion protocol that's been cleared in the same week to play yet now through almost four weeks of the season? Um, we had a return in the same game, Gus Edwards, what, this last weekend. It's the closest to what I've found so far. And that's probably somebody just slipped and didn't do their job. And the reason why that ain't basically news, because that ain't a quarterback on national TV at night that's stumbling around that basically got hit. So I, I, if that's the case and he was checked in, my point of the take is it's serious business this year and going forward. It used, when they first came out with this concussion protocol, it was kind of like fake hustle, falling in the first bay, like, oh, man, okay, he got. we'll take him out. He's not checking back in the game. We'll keep him monitored, this and this. And most likely, unless he's just basically out of it, he's not throwing up or still having headache symptoms. He'll be out there Sunday. Not this time. And that's a, that's a credit. I mean, not a credit, but that's Tatua as well, too. 877-37-GRIND. All right, finally, let's transition to college before we get out of here. Oh, excuse me. I, I will tell you this. Uh, I didn't get to it. Alabama was able to weather. They answered the call. They beat Ole Miss. You know, I like the aggressive, you know, being aggressive, the physicality the defense brought, probably their best defensive physicality game in the first few weeks. But look, man, th this is still, um, there's still a concern with the team. And I mean, again, the same thing I say about Sean. I mean, Nick Saban has money in the bank. I mean, literally, like in regards to credibility, um, in regards to benefit of the doubt. I just think with Nick, it's the same thing when Johnny Menzel jumped on the scene. And he just said, wow, I can't, I can't recruit fat Mount Cody's anymore. I got to get really linebackers that can cover. He's, gonna, he's old, man. He's old in his way. Still in good shape, though. Still is great. But he's got to get adopted to this new college way. He, he's got he's to learn his mojo in this transfer portal thing. They're going to – like, Dabo can be stubborn. Oh, we're going to develop. We're going to recruit and develop. We don't not transfer portal. All right, man. It'll be a long-ass time before you have another pizza party. Another observation before I get into Colorado and Coach Prime. Um, I want to make this out, too, because this is kind of like it, it, it's somewhat a thing, somewhat in college basketball. But I will tell you where I am basically done with. Um, I'm seeing, and there has to be really specific reasons to dig and dig 
to certain situations because I do live by everything's a case by case basis. But I'm to the point where we've got non-ranked teams getting victories over non-ranked teams and I'm seeing student bodies rushing the field. This younger generation, like this younger generation is, and I don't want to sound like old man in rock here because look, man, we were in the 90s. They were rushing courts. This has nothing to do about Generation Z or yet. But I will tell you this. This young generation is a bunch of monkey see, monkey do individuals. It used to be you had to have a top, like if you weren't ranked and you were beating a top five team, the number three team in the country, okay, basketball, football, storm the court. First of all, it's dangerous. But I'm looking at, and I don't know, and I had a mental note of who I saw this weekend, but I've seen over the course of the few first few weeks of college football, I have seen non-ranked teams play non-ranked teams, and they rush the field over victory. And it's, and it's to me, it's over, it's just oversaturated and watered down. Like, first of all, it's dangerous. And somebody's going to some uh, God willing forbid, but something somebody is going to have a serious accident or possibly a fatality with this. And I just feel like and look, there's some conferences that have adopted that rule. Like, hey, man, we're going to find your ass a half a million. You let them brush the field. But that's an observation before I get to uh, Colorado Buffaloes. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and get to the Buffaloes. The Buffaloes uh, stormed the field after beating Colorado State, an unranked team, but in double overtime. Do you give the moment? Are you going to allow that one? Or do you have an issue with a ranked team's uh, student body uh, storming the field after getting by I an still, unranked Good team? question. I still have a problem to ascent, even though that I'm all about Coach Prime and Colorado movement. But the based off of what I'm talking about, I mean, well, if you look in that situation and you're a team – a program that won one game last year and you know you've won like a total of four or five in the last three or four years maybe that but I still think it's a little too much but I think that student the only pass I'll give that student body because they haven't been here before They're, they don't know how to act like Dion has come and, and galvanized the whole city okay he's got I mean like I said everybody is bought into coach prime and that student body has bought into him half of them don't even know didn't even see him playing live half of them don't even know exactly what the deal is and by the way which I'll get to this because this is part of the deal uh with this organ thing um they just ain't know how to act Jonas I mean so I like I don't like it regardless of one game because I'm just old I just feel like that I don't like anything that gets watered down I don't. It, and, and I just feel like if you're an unranked team and you beat a team, let's say, let's say it's one of your arch rivals and you just haven't beat them. And let's say you're not ranked. And let's say even if they're not the number one or two team in the country, but they're right number 10, maybe I can see that. But I do not want to see unranked teams playing unranked teams and student bodies just want to rush the field and be on the field after the game. It's a lot of monkey see, monkey do type of stuff. That's that generation. Well, we've seen it growing up. We've Googled it. We've YouTubed it. Come on, man. Come on, bro. Let's go and rush it, man. Come on, man. We down these 12 packs. Let's go. Stop it. Okay? Tell you, man, it's going to be a cranky week for me this week, man. That's 70, man. That's 70. And you're talking about somebody that's been old enough to sit through countless of Super Bowl ass kickings. That's a, nothing. Nothing. That franchise has, look, Corey Dillon. 200-some yards on the round. I was there. I, I, I remember that. Gatorade coming. Cincinnati sucked at the time, too, the Bengals. Corey Dillon, 200 a game. I had to take that. Not even in the zip code. 
rooting on John Elway to go face Joe Montana, knowing he's getting his teeth kicked in. He's going to get his teeth kicked in. I've said it that, had to go to school the next day with my lunch, eating lunch by myself because they got the ass kicked. I've been to 70. <sighs> Back to the Colorado Buffs because they about to take over this damn city. It, like, hey, man, like the Pinner group, I'm all with them. Connelisa Rice, the Indy Drive, I love them. But the business, they about to get, look. It's always, get it going, they're about to take over the city. Colorado Buffs. Oregon. This is somebody from the PR department. This has to be somebody from the up top. They released video of the trash talk that the Colorado Buffaloes took place in pregame. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, one of those is Dion's son. Not Shadur, but I think it's the other one who, by the way, had to go to the hospital, by the way, after the game. But um, I want to talk about that kind of when we get back. And also, basically, a little bit of underlining of the uh, ass whooping that Colorado took in regards to that. Tough weekend for Colorado football, without a doubt. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spill the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix, made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producers for the one and two. Today's show was presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. All right. We've been broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, the key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. Make sure you try out all their pre-made alcoholic drinks. They come in different flavors as well. And don't forget, it's still blazing with their Bloody Mary Michelada mix as well, too. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Whatever you do, remember always to Zing Zang responsibly. 877-37-GRIND. 
All right. So, um, keeping it moving into the college theme. So, um, yeah, that's what I feel about Alabama. Uh, I gave you my thoughts about the rush in the field. Uh, Oregon State uh, is going to have an opportunity, I believe, to bounce back um, this weekend. As a matter of fact, I think it's this Friday they play Utah. Uh, Utah's coming off of a win uh, against UCLA. I think UCLA, I had them in that foundation. They would have helped them better. But I think UCLA, their freshman quarterback, true freshman quarterback, just really played like a true freshman. I mean, Utah didn't even have their starting quarterback, hasn't even been back in the lineup yet. Uh, but their defense is stellar. But I think Oregon State coming off a loss um, against Washington, um, Washington State, excuse me, They'll be able. I, that's going to be an interesting test because I still like Oregon State as a football team. Um, also, you know, <clears throat> the Pac-12, and I've said this before. I mean, honestly, like it's just ironic that they're. This is the last year of really what Pac-12 we know it. But they've got the best quarterback play in the conference from all groups of quarterbacks that reside. There's a lot of them in the Pac-12. And let me tell you, Washington, not Washington State, but Washington, their offense looks pretty much unstoppable. Now, however, you know, the, the, the narrative about Washington and Oregon State, and that's the reason why Oregon State really, I thought, you know, dropped an opportunity, dropped a ball to kind of change a little bit about their, their aura, their image at Oregon State. And Washington's kind of in that a little bit, but both of these programs have had a history of really being totally different from home in a way. The difference is Washington has had a little bit more better teams consistently than Oregon State um, because Oregon State's been knocking on the door here for the last few years, and it just sucks for them because the Pac-12 is going away, and they were kind of like you know on the outside looking in, but at the end of the day, they're just turning around. Um, but I just feel that... Washington, I want to see them win a little bit more tested road games to really buy them. But their offense looks lights out. Their quarterback, I think somebody even tagged me in a tweet that there's some people out there that think that's who Denver's next quarterback might be. Yeah, Penix Jr. Yeah, he's the real deal. He's a real, Is he a southpaw? Is he a left-handed quarterback? I, I, I mean, I looked at He's the real deal. I mean, like I said, their offense looks unstoppable, but I want to see them a little bit deeper into the season, late October and in November. I want to see them win some road games uh, because they're both of those teams, Washington and Oregon State, always plays better at home uh, than they do on the road. Uh, moving to the Buffaloes, we know that they're getting ready. They're coming off of their first loss of the season uh, in the prime area. They, they, it was an ass-whooping. Uh, we know they're getting ready to prepare to play USC. I wish that was really a night game in Colorado. Um, I feel like all really scheduling-wise, I feel like Colorado State should have been a noon game. I, I think this game with USC, I would have liked to have seen this one on the lights uh, in Colorado. Uh, but – they're coming in about a 21-and-a-half-point underdog. Um, but Oregon uh, decided to go ahead and after the game or after the fact, a day or two after the game, they decided to go ahead and release a video. Uh, if you want to call it a hype video, if you just want to call it a probably partially recruiting type of video, they released a video, uh, and it shows pregame a lot of the trash talking done by Colorado. And to me, the image is portrayed. I look, 
I had no problem, like I said, with Dan Lanning, what he did in the locker room and the message. I have no problem with that, the rooted in substance or whatever. But I think when the call is made from the powers of be to release a video after the fact and you want to highlight, you know, um, one of Deion Sanders, Coach Prime's son, that's talking trash, just says, hey, we're going to kick y'all's ass and I'll kick your coach's ass too, this and that. It's really more, I believe, a different – it becomes different – tone in my opinion it's kind of like more of like one you either justify see like don't feel bad with us because we ran up the score we did this and this this is what they were doing before and two look man the truth of the matter is like i said coach prime has brought hbcu swag and mentality from players to him as the head coach marching band he's brought all that to mainstream in colorado and uh, and to me, you know, with Oregon, look, Oregon has history in regards to Phil Knight. Uh, you know, they're a program that has been on the up to up. They've, they've been able to dominate Colorado in the last, I don't know, 20 years in recruiting, at least. So to me, because keep in mind, too, some of this, you know, Run whether you want to call it running up or sending a message or clicks versus wins. Don't forget that Coach Prime and Phil Knight just now kissed and made up as well, too. Deion Sanders was, you know, if you look at it, there he's almost really like the third to around the fourth big athlete that they really got behind with their own shoe line. Um, in regards to, of course, you had Bruce Jenner. I mean, Kate, I don't know. Bruce at the time. Bruce was number one when he was doing the, the tricathlon or whatever you call it. Decathlon. Decathlon. Um. Then after that, you get to the Jordan. They get in the Nike biz, the basketball business, and you get in the Jordan business. Jordan booms. There's a my my, my memory. I'm gonna go third and fourth. You could flip from probably uh, Andre Agassi and Deion Sanders at the time. My point is, is that there was when you know you Charles Barkley has a life contract with Nike. That's the round mount of rebound, but that's Charles Barkley. Okay, this is the business type of stuff that I've always paid attention to since I've been, you know, breathing. When you look at a transcending player such as Coach Prime at that time, and that's why I like kind of what he said after the fact. It's like some of these coaches, the last Colorado coach, I think Dan, I think this Dan Lanning, I think he had a little bit different agenda, meaning like you got to understand Oregon has had a reputation that they've kind of been soft when they get to the playoffs, whether it's the Chip Kelly era, whether it's the type of player, you don't look at Oregon the way they've been built in the last 20 years being a physical program. So Dan Lanning, I think a lot of like, hey, substance, not this. They looking for clicks. I told you he knew the cameras was in there, but I think he's understanding he's trying to change the mode of like, hey, man, we tough. It's culture. But also, you you got to look at, too, I like the way Coach Prime said it afterwards. Like, look, a lot of these coaches feel like they playing me. I'm done playing. I, you know, I'm a Hall of Famer. I've done this and this. It ain't so. I get it. It's this and this and whatever. And he also said, which the office like, you better get me now because this is the worst we're going to be. That's facts. 
But I think Phil Knight, I saw them shake hands a little bit after the or pregame or whatever. But keep in mind, when I bring up Charles Barkley in a lifetime contract, when you talk about Deion Sanders being a transcending two-sport player. Now, I probably skipped to three and four. I'm probably going to put Bo Nose and Bo Jackson and slide him in there a little bit before the Agassi and Deion Sanders boom. The bottom line, the point that I'm getting into is Coach Prime, a.k.a. Deion Sanders, was one of those athletes that would have had, and if it didn't get bad blood, and I can't remember kind of what went back, because remember, they just, I talked about this a month ago or two in the show, they just released the Diamond re, the, the diamond Turf. I had a pair of those, and he, both colors, they came out. Like I said, I've been Team Prime for a while. But the problem is, is that whatever happened business-wise, it kind of went still. Dion was a guy that should have had a lifetime contract with Nike. And don't think so. My whole point is there's a lot of people in Eugene that was looking to kind of like, okay, man, we got to pour it on coach. There was a little blood there. And don't think Phil Knight didn't feel a certain type of way. When Coach Prime decided to be at Jackson State and basically do the deal with Under Armour and not come knocking on Nike. And that's the reason why, you know, there was some kind of blood in that. I mean, they shook hands before the game, but that's the, the games within the game of business stuff that I pay attention to. So at the end of the day, and who's the biggest donor to Oregon? Phil Knight. So what do you got? I'm just, you want to say I'm on a grassy knoll. I'm, I'm going to call grassy knoll on this one. I don't, I don't think Phil Knight and Nike called the hit on on Colorado's program to really no, lay, lay the No, lay no, the no that's where them. I'm going. I, well, no, I think that the whole community, you got to understand, man, it is human nature of uh, certain people. Not everybody's clouded that way. I don't think I'm cut from that cloth. It's human nature for people to get jealous of other people's shine. Especially if you're in a profession of coaching when you feel like you've had to go up against the ranks. I tell you, there's day there's to this day, there's Division One college that truly believe there's no way in hell Coach Prime deserved to go from an HBCU Jackson State to get a power five job. Facts. So I'm just telling you that in that circle, man, that you, like it's one of those that when you got guys like Phil Knight and not even guys as big a donor, they're living vicariously through their coaches and their programs that they donate millions of dollars to. Do you know how much money Phil Knight puts in? He built Oregon pretty much. That school. He made it cool to where you have 18, 19-year-old kids picking schools because Oregon plays in five or six different uniforms in a season. That stuff matters. And when that stuff matters and you're rooted in, you damn right, basically, there's there's communication with the coaches that whatever, like, hey, man, we got caught. We can't lose to him. Hell, yeah, when you donating 50-some million dollars a year and you furnishing the whole program. So, I mean, if you think I'm going grassy, no, yeah, I'm not saying this is the only reason why they get a beat down on Colorado because Phil Knight's mad at Dion. No, I'm just telling you the back root of when you're talking about a hype video that's released after the fact. I never understood. Like, I've, that's the first I've seen that. I've never seen anybody release some type of video after the game. You know, is play now. Maybe and again, I think it all. Look, in the day and age of social media and the generation of kids that they're going after recruit to try to get to Oregon, to Colorado, to Oklahoma, whatever. You've got to do a lot of different things that maybe somebody in my age group is not accustomed to. Everything they do is about recruiting. Dan Lanning letting the the the. the the, the, the cameras come into the locker room to have this pre-made speech that he worked all week on, in my opinion, was all about recruiting. 
So the point that I'm making is, is that I told you, and, we, and, and Jonas and I have talked about this. We said it on Friday. Like, I knew this stretch with Oregon, USC. There's another one down the road. I think you get a gauge, and Coach Brown knows that, in regards to what they really need to go and compete. Coach Prime evaluated that very well. He already knew that, but he knew he had a job to go in and sell and to get the name out there to go, but he knew what he had in the trenches of when he got to competition. He's been open out it. He knew that. He judged that right. Now, his counterpart peer, Mr. Payton, across the street, as you say, as you know, I always say, misread the room. Maybe there's a situation that, that his counterpart down the block in Colorado misread the room on that roster. So college continues to roll on. I don't think it's going to be an exciting as you know weekend in college coming off this week. It never does. College sometimes, but I think that's going to change when you get to this whole, you know, the realignment settles down, the super conferences, then you get to these 12 team. I think you're not going to have too many like like highs and like we've got three, four top 25 matchups and then you go down to like it's down here. Not saying this week is. I haven't really dived all the way in it, but I can tell you right now it's not coming uh, probably that close to the weekend that we just came from. 877-37-GRIND. Also, uh, real quick, as we get out of here, you know, it's Ryder Cup week. Um, I just feel that, you know, Ryder Cup, which we'll pay attention to it. And I don't know if this is correct, what I came across, but if you can't tell me. It's been 30 years. How long? I think I heard it. Maybe I misheard that wrong. But I thought it's been maybe 30 years since Americans, USA, has won the Ryder Cup on foreign European soil. Um, I, that didn't seem right. But I know it's been a while. That's right? Damn. 30. Yeah, U.S. is attempting to snap a three-decade-long drought. Has not won a Ryder Cup on European soil uh, in um, 30 years. And, you know, it's crazy because I think the state of golf, where it's at right now, I think to me um, the Ryder Cup might feel a little bit different because this whole tour live thing for the last year and a half to two years, you know, you've got guys on the European tour. I mean, Sergio Garcia, I mean, he was pretty much, I don't even know, if he on this team? Because you got some, because I wonder if some words are taken back now we get closer, because I haven't really paid attention to the European team who's coming. Um, I haven't really dived into the America's team yet as well, but I knew I, some guys that I knew that was going to be called on by captain's picks was going to make this squad. But I will tell you, from the Europeans and the Americans, there's some bad blood within each camp because of this tour live and you got a guy in Phil which I don't did Phil make this US this US team even as a captain or coach or a player I don't think he made it as a player I don't think uh, neither Phil nor Sergio made the roster. Yeah, I have I th- them both in front of me. Yeah, Sergio, I-, I think I can tell you right now, Phil, I don't know if Phil's game is really worthy of him to make this Ryder Cup roster. I can tell you, though, in Sergio, and he, I'm not a big fan of Sergio's Garcia, but in Sergio's defense, Sergio, has pl- he can play like trash throughout the whole tour year. But when the Ryder Cup comes around, especially if it's in Europe, Sergio brings it. Him being left off is strictly politics. I'll tell you that. You know, I could give a damn about the Euros when it comes to European versus USA. But the truth of the matter is, in Sergio's defense, he's left off politics. 
he balls out. He will look like straight up booty juice for the whole year. Then when the Ryder Cup comes in, a guy goes 67, 68, uses the four ball head to head. He's just he's lights out. So him not being on is strictly this whole tour live situation. And that's why I say it has a different feeling, in my opinion, than normal. Let's go. Uh, ESPN noted that Brooks Kepka is the only uh, live golfer on either Ryder Cup team. All right. Uh, when you look at the rosters, again, just because we're here, uh, for the U.S., you've got Scotty Scheffler, Xander Shoffley, uh, Patrick Cantley, Cantley, sorry, Max Homa, uh, Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon. Uh, captain's picks were Spieth, Fowler, Brooks Kepka, of course, Justin Thomas, Sam Burns, and Colin Morikawa. On the other side, you've got Rory, John Rahm, Robert McIntyre, Tyrell Hatton, Matt Fitzpatrick, and Victor Hovland. Captain Picks, Tommy Fleetwood, Justin Rose, Seb Straka, uh, Shane Lowry, Ludwig Aberg, and hmm. Nikolai Hojarg. Yeah, I'm still going to pay attention, but I think it's going to be fighting for a little bit of attention. I mean, of course, now let me tell you something. The U.S. is up day one or day two in points on the cup. Um, then I think it gets some buzz over here. For the casual buyer, when it comes to the golf world, when we're competing with what we're competing with, with the football season, baseball wild card matchups coming down to toward the end. Um, other thing with golf world, uh, Charlie, not Charlie Wilson, but little Charlie, Tiger's son, shot, I think, a 66 over the weekend and won this tournament that he was in with his dad on the bag. Um, the more I see it, Charlie, like I think he's going to make it probably so much easier for Tiger just to, like, Ride in the sunset, just say, hey, I ain't got it no more, man. I'm gonna chase these women, man. You just go ahead and carry the tiny the little cub. It's gonna be a bidding war. Like, I've, I haven't said this because it's just so much other stuff to talk about. Everybody knows that I cannot wait for the Otani negotiations, the contract, and I will see what that number is. And I can't wait to see whoever's gonna have to pony up the money to sign Charlie. By the time he even gets to college, can you imagine what Charlie's NIL money is going to look like if he goes to a university? Paul Rivera, man, looked through the whole scheme, but didn't see that damn 70-piece coming. Anyway, all right, man, that is a wrap for the day. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark, San Antonio. El Paso, Abilene, Lubbock, people up in the Mile High City in Denver, people up in Tyler, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning, free the snooze button and free you out the rack. Just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See you tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. 
It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind.